up, so. I know. I won't. I won't be looking at it. I'll just Good afternoon, and welcome to the council. I'm your host, Charlie Pacello, and we've got a fantastic show for you today here on the council. Really, really excited to introduce my guest to you here shortly. In just a few moments, uh, I just want to do a quick shout out to our station here, KUHSDenver.com. That's KUHSDenver.com. We are broadcasting live here in Denver, Colorado, uh, broadcasting the best shows, the best music, best programs, not only here in Colorado, but also all across the nation and touching lives all around the world. Uh, The numbers for the council continue to rise Thank you so much for tuning in. It's an honor and a privilege to be your host and to be sharing all this wisdom with you and experience and knowledge and life life stories that people have that uh, I think are important for us to to listen to so that we can connect. You know, we're we're starving for that connection and uh, it's just an honor to be here and to be able to provide that for you. I do want to let you know that I will be... uh, uh, speaking and presenting at an uh, uh, event that we'll be talking about more in the future, the 5D event in Las Vegas. That's going to be January, excuse me, April 19th, 20th, and 21st in Las Vegas. You can go and buy tickets now at www.5devents.com. That's 5devents.com. It's all higher consciousness, spirituality, business, quantum physics, all really cool stuff. It's an honor to be a part of the organization and to come be as a presenter and I hope you uh, check them out. Uh, One of the things I always like to do before we start the show is to kind of bring in some inspiration and quotes from you know great minds, philosophers, speakers uh, and one of the people that I want to bring in today is Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius is considered to be the philosopher king in Rome and he was this very deep, very knowledgeable, very passionate um, king and emperor who really had this very deep stoic philosophy about life. And I read this this morning. There's a book that I received from one of my clients, and it's called A Calendar of Wisdom by Leo Tolstoy. And I love Leo Tolstoy. He was just a brilliant, brilliant writer, brilliant mind. And uh, he wrote a book called Anna Karenina which uh, there's a play going on here in Denver right now that's uh, based on the, on the book, which is fabulous. If you get a chance to go, go check out the Denver Center for the Performing Arts and go see that play. It's outstanding. Really, really phenomenal performances and very true to the story. It's a tragic story, a <laughs> tragic love story. But anyway, he writes, he wrote this book and he brought in all these different great minds and people the spiritual traditions from the East and the West, and it's a daily meditation book where you get to um, really tap into the, the, the spiritual, the soul, what's important uh, in your life, to really focus on that. And he has a passage here from Marcus Aurelius that I would like to, to share with you before we get started. He says, A man consists of body and soul. Thus often, especially in his youth, He is interested only in his body, but nevertheless, the most essential part of every man is not his body, but his soul. It is your soul that you must take care of, not your body. You must learn this over time, and remember that your real life is in your spirit, that is, in your soul. Save it from everyday dirt, and do not let your flesh guide it. Subdue your body to your soul. And then you will fulfill your destiny and live a happy life. Marcus Aurelius. Amazing. Just contemplate that. It's about your soul. You know, that's what's going to be guiding you. That's what's going to be directing you in your life. And to tap into that, to really be truthful to yourself. And the key to be able to really understand your soul is to no longer lie to yourself to no longer blame other people for the actions and the choices that you make, and to be true to yourself. That's where you have to start. It's a fountain that comes from within. And the soul is a real thing. Sometimes we forget that, but it's a real thing. And we all have it. We were all blessed with that by God, our Creator. 
And it's something that when you really understand uh, that it moves you, it will guide you and direct you. You'll live a much better and happier life. So anyway, we've got a fantastic, great show to you today, for you today. We are going to uh, talk about uh, Horses for Heroes. Uh, I have with me today the founders of the organization. And uh, they are doing amazing, incredible work for veterans and active duty military out there who are um, suffering from trauma-related issues, PTS, uh, any kind of injury that they may have sustained. Um, and they're just, the, the work that they're doing is fabulous. I met this couple uh, at the retreat that we, uh, we all attended back in October that was sponsored by Soldier's Heart. We uh, spent four days at Orcas Island in Seattle and had met some amazing, amazing individuals, leaders in the community who are really doing something to make a difference. And it's just an honor to have them on the show. Uh, I want to introduce to you uh, Rick and Nancy Iannucci. Rick is a retired U.S. Marshal and former Green Beret. Uh, he is the executive director and instructor for Horses for Heroes, uh, a rancher and ordained minister. He currently serves as a chaplain and chaplaincy section chair for the National Tactical Officers Association and the Santa Fe Police Department. He also serves on the New Mexico State University Indiana Livestock Planning Board and is a contributing editor to Working Ranch Magazine. He commanded a special missions unit in Columbia, has served as an instructor at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, and was a member of the elite U.S. Marshals Special Operations Group. He's a recipient of the Attorney General's Distinguished Service Award and the U.S. Marshals Service Director's Award and the National Tactical <coughs> excuse me, Officers Association Award of Merit for his work in Columbia. In 2010, he received the American Red Cross Heroes Award for his current work with military veterans. In 2014, he received the New Mexico Humanitarian Award. He combines a lifetime of horsemanship training with his military and police special operations training experience into this one-of-a-kind program. And he is a member of the New Mexico Cattle Growers Association and a decade member of the Special Forces Association. And Nancy... Nancy oversees the program administration and development for Cowboy Up and Wisdom Way for Warriors. She is a certified equine gestalt coach and the founder of Wisdom Way for Warriors, which I can't wait to talk about here in a little bit. A holistic coaching program available here at Crossed Arrows Ranch through, through Horses for Heroes. Nancy is a CCHI certified riding instructor and certified Reiki master. Nancy's specialized training is in integrative wellness for veterans, pastoral care with veterans and families, military culture, veteran suicide, invisible wounds of war, bereavement, restoring the soul from war, certified clinical trauma professional, interpersonal neurobiology, mindfulness, neuroscience, and is a neurosculpting ambassador. She's also a member of the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation and certified in pastoral crisis intervention through the University of Maryland and is an EGCM associate instructor teaching EGCM graduates on how to work with veterans and people who have experienced trauma. And in 2014, Nancy received the New Mexico Humanitarian Award. Welcome, Rick and Nancy. Thank you. Well, I, uh, you know, your, your bios, your, I mean, my gosh, what do you guys like? How do you have time for everything? <laughs> Ben, wait a minute. The best thing of all, Charlie, is that we've got four beautiful grandchildren. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> uh, Rick, you guys spent time in the military. Could you just share a little bit about your time, what you did in the service and, so that just people understand your background a little bit more. You, you bet. Uh, I, I served with the Army Special Forces, but uh, at the end of um, the end of Vietnam, back in the in the seventies, uh, I served. I was a United States Marine, and um, there wasn't much going on at the end of uh, that time. They were 
giving people the boot. If they could get in college, they would. You could get an early out. So uh, most of us took took a lot of that. So I I've actually served twice. I served then, and then I uh, I had gone to uh, Israel in the Middle East as a contractor, uh, doing some work over over there, and uh, uh, I got in the middle of that peace for Galilee operation, and uh, we were up in the Hermon uh, on the Lebanon border, and I basically saw tanks rolling in and th- said, well, it's World, Wars II, World War III is coming. I better get home and get the right jersey back on. So I flew flew back home and tried to get my old job back. And long story short, I ended up uh, getting recruited by uh, Special Forces and uh, ended up going, go, you know, jumping ship and going to the going to the army <laughs> <laughs> wow well that's uh you know uh, honorable service i mean uh, you know we've we've spent some time together talking is just yeah uh, you're uh, a remarkable incredible i mean what you have done and served is uh, if people knew the whole story it's just it's phenomenal how you have honored and served our country and Nancy, could you just share a little bit about, you know, your, uh, I mean, you have this, I mean, look here, you're uh, all these gestalt and wisdom way for warriors. And how did you get involved in all these different things, working with the soul and connecting? What was, what, what brought you to working with veterans? Well, my husband brings me to working with veterans, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, by way of working through the horses, but I have a background in part of my family uh, systems is I have a sister that also um, you know, has some problems with drug addiction. So it kind of started way back then. <laughs> but the veterans is like a life purpose thing uh, that just landed in my lap. And I've been running with it ever since because I'm just so honored to, to serve you know, and I've learned everything from them and get my answers and just prove everything uh, by listening. Mm -hmm. Such an important thing to be able to listen, really listening to people and listening to their stories. A lot of times that's the most important thing we can do and being able to hear people's stories and share with their grief and share with their challenges and suffering. and, and, And sometimes that's the most healing balm is just being able to truly listen to them. Exactly. You're um, absolutely right. We call it a ministry of presence, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, brother. It is the ministry of presence, total full presence. Or rocking chair therapy, one the other. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so many veterans, you know, they're struggling with a sense of identity, purpose, and camaraderie that's, that's not there when they get out of service. And, you know, Rick, as you know, we're all changed from the experiences that we've had when we served our country. How do you and Nancy, uh, and this is a question for both of you, how do you and Nancy uh, are able to bridge that divide through Horses for Heroes and help them to integrate, recover, and heal from those experiences and complete the full journey home? We um, start with the horse because the horse is that bridge. And uh, they're amazing spirits that help awaken up the divine wisdom that each individual owns inside themselves. And it's our job to help facilitate that knowing. The uh, Native Americans call uh, that we work with, as you well know, we're down here in in Indian country, so to speak. And uh, our Native Americans say that the horse was a transcendent gift from God, the creator, the great mystery, as they say, that is the bridge between the physical world and the spiritual world. So all our sessions start out with that premise, and everything seems to fall in line after that. Mm -hmm. Fall in line and layered. Then we add in education and coaching and listening, and uh, whatever is coming up, we meet. Well, it's that, uh, you know, listening and coaching and then combining that with the spirit of the horse. The horse is such an amazing animal. I had, um, I had a recent experience uh, where uh, a friend of mine who works with horses as well, uh, it's a, a horse named Obi, and it's just this majestic presence of this powerful but gentle being. They have this 
uh, grandeur, and there's something inside of a horse that just has this calming effect about them. There's so, and it's so it's, until you're around them, uh, you know, you don't understand. But being in, and we had, uh, <coughs> excuse me, on one of the on one of your photos on your website, which the website is www.horsesforheroes.org, horsesforheroes.org. And uh, one of the photos that's on the website is uh, where you're, you're, you're having, I think it's you, Nancy, that has the horse and that you're putting your head up against the horse and, and kissing. It's beautiful. And it reminded me of the experience I had, too, where I was just, uh, the, the horse that Obi came up and he put his head right up against it. And it was just like this moment of like, oh, this horse didn't know me. I didn't know it. And yet why he was able to approach and come and there was this, uh, you know, like everything was right in the world while I was next to this animal. And that's the way it felt to me. That's it. Well, you know, this isn't some woo-woo stuff that they dreamed <laughs> up in Santa Fe. This is real. There, there, there's actually a real science behind this. Uh, the vibrations of the horse, the electric, the electrical impulses and vibrations. You know, uh, and you've probably seen any of your... Uh, uh, audiences has, has done any kind of research, they'll know that they may have seen these things where they, the, the Buddhist monks or the Catholic priests or the ministers or different folks meditate and they watch their brain waves come down and their electrical impulses. Uh, the, the variance is quite different from when they're in a meditative state as opposed to a, an active state or an uh, anticipatory state or an ad adversarial state. This, the horses are the same thing. They vibrate, uh, and I don't know the numbers. Nancy may know better. She's our horse expert. But the, 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 they're like Mother Teresa and the Dalai Lama are up here, and the horse is like right next to them. You and you and me, Charlie, are down like pretty low on the on the vibration level. <laughs> we're we're just the knuckle dragging. We're trying to get up there, you know, and, and to get our to get our electrical levels up to that point. But seriously, though, there is real science as well behind it, and it is transcendent. So these are some of the aha moments we see when we start everybody out in what we call the round pen and have them get that connection with the horse. And when you see uh, see those barriers come down and, and those uh, those walls come down, so to speak, and, them, and the veteran men and women alike getting that connection with that horse, that's the aha moment. You just, you, you can't help but grinning ear to ear. Wow. That's, you know, and uh, for veterans who are, who are looking for some place to go, this is, you really, I really encourage you to consider it and apply. And we'll get to that here in just a moment, how you can do that. But when people join the military, uh, when they hear that call to serve, Nancy and Rick, we are armored up to prepare ourselves for those challenges. We're armored up when you have to, because we may face, and in many cases do face, some of the most horrific challenges that a human being can face, which is the horrors of war. And unfortunately, when many come back, they're left to fend for themselves. You know, they're not given the kind of guidance to be able to help them to integrate those experiences. And the resources are only dealing with that symptom management, um, not really getting to the core wounding, not really getting to that moral and spiritual wound. And as you state, Nancy, on the video that's on the front uh, page of your website, they're not guided to armor down. They're just simply not guided to armor down. Nancy, what often happens to veterans if they are not given the proper attention, the necessary tending to their physical, emotional, and psychological and spiritual wounds? What happens? Well, all those le levels that you just mentioned become dysregulated. Mm -hmm. And then you have that label of PTSD because everything cognitive, behavioral, emotional, spiritual, social levels are, um, it starts to feel like my world is out of control, and it is. And that's what the diagnosis of PTSD is, right? But what the VA neglects the most is that soul wound. But they even reject and don't address so much is the physiological, the word stress is huge and so um, a combat veteran it has a dysregulated system when they've come back because it's a very different uh, 
there's no war. You're not motored to go, to go, to go. And so they're not um, armored down in order to transition and to be in regular civilian life without having to mobilize. So when everything comes out of, um, when things start to fall apart and it gets really intense, we start to feel like we are losing it. But what we like to make sure is they're not looking at it as a, through the guise of a mental illness, which is what the label does. Mm -hmm. And to really see for it what it is. And so we say, what is it for you? And that kind of puts a question on them that they haven't actually really answered because they're being told it's this, 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 and that. And a lot of that, that symptomology of PTSD is actually the survival skills. So it's normal. Mm -hmm. So we work with normalizing that and we work to heal that. That's brilliant. And I think that's uh, more people need to understand it. It's, you've got to approach these things from a, a holistic perspective, a whole body perspective, and not, not just the mind. It's, you got to work the mind, you got to work the heart. You got to work the uh, the body, and you got to work the soul, and uh, you know each of them needs to be tended to in their own ways. And it's yeah. a heart wound. You know these are these are heart wounds. You can't <clears throat> you can't uh, talk your way into healing a heart wound. And uh, you know it's something that by connecting with animals, by connecting with people who understand, you're able to cleanse the heart of the very things that is causing it so much pain, where the wounds are. In my in my opinion. James uh, Finley, uh, who used to be a, a, a Catholic priest, uh, is on the board of the uh, Center for Action and Contemplation here in Albuquerque with Father Richard Rohr. I don't know if he's a Franciscan down here. I don't know if you know him. He's got a great website, uh, cac.org, uh, with a daily meditation that's good. But he says, he calls it the traumatization of spirituality is the dark night of faith in which we lose experiential access to God's sustaining presence in the midst of our struggles and i think just to to, to uh, in, uh, endorse what you're just saying uh, that's that's really succinct and one of the reasons that we re we rebranded ptsd and we call it and we've been all over the world we were in israel this past easter and did six presentations over there on what we call the other side of ptsd and that's post-traumatic spiritual dissonance those are the wounds that the wounds of the heart, the wounds of the soul that you're speaking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we, we have, we're trying to bring that up every chance we get. And when we tell our veterans, yeah, the VA, and this isn't a VA bashing session, but where, whereas they may have a deficit because they're secular in nature and trying to uh, plus up your, your, your body, fix your body and attend to your medical needs. And sometimes your mental, your mental acuity, your mental needs. Uh, we believe that the only way to whole healing is to, to address body, mind and spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I agree. It's, and you're talking about, you know, in addition to what the, the Franciscan um, priest was talking, and this is, that's that dark night of the soul. You know, this is St. John of the Cross. This is St. Teresa of yeah. Avila. It's uh -huh. other people who have gone through the, you know, uh, yeah, Loyola of Ignatius, I think, was also another That's one right. who, who went through those kinds of, where they were, they felt the void of not being connected and, and, and you well, Mother, Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa, even yeah. her last days, you know, uh, we, I was blessed. One of the things that's the highlights of my life is, uh, my, my sister and I got a chance to be at mass with her at the Eucharistic Congress mass uh, many, many, many years ago. And uh, she was when we did the, uh, in the Catholic tradition, there's the kiss of peace during the course of the mass. And we had a chance to like literally turn around and embrace her. And, uh, uh, and when you look in her face, you can see all those years. And she even confesses uh, uh, to her dark night. She thought many for many, many years, not a couple days, not intermittently, but she felt that she had been abandoned by God. She felt that she had been left basically defend for herself so she that was one of her struggles and many of our veterans are in the same boat they feel like the quite the big question is why why god why what happened is it something i did i know i watched that happen didn't do anything about it i may have not participated in the actual may, maybe what you might consider 
consider, uh, you know, an atrocity. But, uh, you know, wh- where does that leave my soul? These are the kinds of things that happen, you know, a betrayal of compassion by command command staff. You and I spoke about that when we had breakfast in Denver in January. So uh, these are the kinds of things that are impactful that many people are trying to get their way find their way back on a path of, you know, a, a spiritual path of resist, resilience again. You, uh, you know, you've t- let's, since we've been talking about PTSD, <clears throat> uh, let's kind of break it down for people to understand uh, why you've, why you've uh, made it spiritual dissonance. You know, I've worked with and have been honored to work with Dr. Edward Tick for many, many years. Yeah. He's been my mentor, teacher. Uh, he helped me through my challenges. And with Soldier's Heart, the nonprofit that we uh, that you know he built and he uh, dedicated his whole life for healing war trauma, and you know I experienced moral injury in my time in service working on the nuclear warfare program, and my experience was put together in a book published alongside other stories of other veterans who had experienced trauma, uh, combat trauma as well as moral trauma, and it's in a book called uh, Moral Injury: A Reader. And based on my understanding of my own experience with it, uh, working with other veterans, uh, doing these different retreats, working through the wound itself, and working with other veterans who suffer from PTS, it is, at its core, a spiritual and moral wound. And, uh, you know, Jonathan Shea talked about this in his books, in Achilles in Vietnam and Odysseus in uh, America. Uh, Dr. Bessel van der Kook uh, coined the term post-traumatic spirit, or not post, he called it moral injury. And uh, in your work, uh, Nancy and Rick, you have coined the term post-traumatic spiritual dissonance. What is the difference between spiritual dissonance and PTSD as we have come to know it in your opinion? Well, it's definitely that, that soul injury is a huge part um, as well as that grief is not addressed. So we have that spiritual connection as you open the show with, with the soul. So there's that soul injury. But what happens is we can oftentimes split and that's part of human nature. And so when you, um, you may not even be a combat veteran. It could be somebody who is in war and witnesses it or has something happen by a fellow member uh, personally. So it's a, it can be a literal disconnect from the body. And that's not what PTSD traditionally addresses. And like I said before, they don't even address the acute stress reaction. You know, their way of is, you know, is saying, Oh, this acute stress reaction is a mental illness, which it isn't. And so that's why we came up with the term. We wanted to help veterans to reframe it in a way that made sense to them. And that's why when we have uh, people visit our website, they say, wow, what you are explaining as PTSD is more of what's going on in me. You know, so there could be the divided self, you know, it could be um, something happened in the command, like, what, you know, a difference in command, what was spoken to before. But whatever it is, it, it is that it's a soul wound. Mm-hmm. And that wound, if you go back, wound is trauma. And so that's what traditionally, you know, what's in the DSM-5 does not exist as trauma. They're calling it mental illness. Mm-hmm. And it is actually a normal um, portion of what happens to people who go and witness war, whether it's war in Afghanistan or war on the streets of United States of America. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to address that too. You know, trauma is trauma, doesn't discriminate. And some is compounded levels of trauma. And so what we have found is, unfortunately, you know, VA doesn't address that. I mean, our VA here doesn't even have grief therapists. So that's part of what I, a big portion of my work as I do as a Gestalt coach is, is grief, grief, excuse me, grief process work. Did you want to add something? Yeah, I said one of the things, Charlie, that, that uh, in our, in our attempt to mitigate what we're talking about, you must, it's great that, you know, we talk about all this aspirationally, but let's talk about how to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that 
that we have found is that the first thing they have to get their heads wrapped around because they may have participated in these things that have been uh, in their minds so atrocious that they can't even confess them and says we talk about forgiveness and it's the first part is learning to forgive yourself and self-care and self-forgiveness is not selfish it's basically accepting God's grace for what it is it's a free gift that, that is there to help you get back on track, get you back back in the game, so to speak, and get you back on the on the path towards whole to wellness and wholeness. The second part, we tell them, once you get that part down, the second part's a little trickier. And that's and th- and they like look at me and they say, "Well, you're ex Green Beret. What do you mean?" It's second. I said, "You got to learn how to forgive your enemy." And I said, and they look at me and I stop for a second and they go. You know, like they're shaking their heads like, wait a minute. And I said, hold on a second. I didn't say you had to condone what they did to put you in the position that you were in, that you had to retaliate or, or, or develop that bellicose nature in yourself or to do something that you normally wouldn't have done, that, that transcended reason, that transcended your upbringing. I said, what that means is that you have to unpack that out of your rucksack that you're humping around because as long as you do not forgive that person, and it's scripturally sound as well, leave your gifts at the altar, go take care of that, go travel 200 miles uh, and dose, make it right, and then come back, then you can give your gift freely. You know. So it, similarly, those kinds of things are, are important for them to, to free themselves of that burden, get that out of your ruck, otherwise you're still a prisoner You'll always be a prisoner, and you'll and that will always be the stumbling block towards your wholeness, your freedom, you know, your your reunion, reunion with with your spiritual self. Mm-hmm. I can't agree with you more, and, and you, you know, that sense of where you, you know, that uh, of the soul leaving the body. When I was in my extreme situa- circumstances, where the, the P- uh-huh. PTSD or the, 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 I literally felt like there was a hole where in my, where my soul should have been. Sure. And like my soul had fled outside of my body and it was the most excruciating, unendurable pain I'd ever experienced in my life. Sure. And I wanted to suicide because it was so painful and it didn't go away and it never left. And part of the process for me was like you just said, was to forgive myself first and then to start to forgive others. And that was a long walk to get there. Sometimes, you know, especially if you're getting or experiencing or have experienced betrayals in your life, and they constantly keep showing themselves up again because you need to get to some place where you're, you're forgiving others for the things that they have done to you and forgiving your exactly enemy right. and forgiving those things. And that's where we get that because everything is interconnected. Everything, that is the holism of spirituality. That is the holism of the soul. And so, and I think it's so important for people to regain trust in themselves. And exactly. What do you think? Um, how important is it from your experience? And you, and you, both of you have been working in this for a long time for people to be able to regain trust in themselves when they participate in or did or didn't participate or whatever in something where we betrayed our sense of right and wrong. Well, first of all, um, that's why we have people that come back to the ranch. And by the way, our program is totally free, horsesforheroes.org, totally free to veterans. They don't pay anything. They just got to get their tail down here. Mm-hmm. But um, it doesn't occur overnight. You get it on the installment plan. And that's why we have veterans coming back four and five and six times because they get plussed up each time they come and they get another little piece of that. But one of the beauties of working with the horses, to move back to that, is that when you start working with those horses, you can start to see that trust rebuild because you're working with a non-judgmental gift of God, a transcendent gift of God, that animal mm-hmm. that is on this planet that is right in front of you, you know, that's, that's communicating with you, that you're communicating with that horse. So that is one of our partners, and that's one of our facilitators towards that 
forgiveness piece. It's basically, it's that connection piece. When you feel like you're connected with anything that's, that's breathing oxygen in the same sphere as you in the same bubble, that's when you start to develop that, redevelop that trust. You know, and once they develop that trust with them themselves and the animal, then they develop it with their, as over, we, we feed everybody every day at our place. I cook lunch every day for everybody and we sit together, we break bread and we start developing that trust in each other. We, we, we revisit that. We refresh that camaraderie that they used to have and we bring that back. And then once they start developing that, we don't, we're not a preachy bunch, Charlie. You know me well. Man. We're, 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 we're certainly not that at all. But, but we would, uh, as, as Nancy will say to them, we'll have guys that will sit at our table and they'll say, as they start developing that, that, um, that uh, uh, faith in God again, or faith in the divine creator, or as our natives call it, the great mystery again, Nancy will say, well, I don't, we'll ask them, we make everybody say, hey, say, say a blessing. We go around the room, you know, everybody can say one one day and the next day. And Nancy will say, well, what are you grateful for? And the guy will say, I don't pray, I don't do this. I say, okay, what are you grateful for? And they'll look at her and we will end up getting some of the most beautiful blessings that we've ever heard. We all start looking at each other going like, two seconds ago, this guy said, he never, I don't do this. And we're like sitting there stunned at the beauty that comes rolling off of people that's, you know, that, you know, they get infused with the Holy spirit or whatever you want to call it, yeah. you know, and, and, and we hear some beautiful things. So these are the things that start building all these trust levels. And again, you don't get it right away. There's no silver bullet. You get it on the installment plan, but you have to provide, we used to call it a safe space. We now call it a brave place mm. and, and let the veterans come to a brave place in their heart. And, and that's one of the things that the horse helps them do. Mm-hmm. And speaking, uh, <clears throat> speaking of courage, I think the, the root word of core is the heart, courage. It's being able to speak the cor. truth. A la cor. Is be able to speak the yeah. truth of, of who you are with your whole heart. And that was like what courage was all about. And I think that that's what you're providing for is that, that bravery to be able to, to speak the truth of what's inside. And it's amazing, like you said, when you allow people that opportunity, it's like it's all been trapped up inside here, and they just this beauty just wants to come right out. And it's been exactly. just you know, just give them that opportunity to make that happen. Um, the other thing that mitigates that too, that mitigates the things that create a fertile atmosphere for them to want to even think about suicide, is we deflect that by infusing with gratitude and hope. If you can infuse. The, the, the narrative and their thoughts, you know, and it takes, again, it takes time with those elements. They are tangible elements that basically shatter that despair and that hopelessness, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, basically dissuade them from and disabuse them from the from the idea that they even want to think about that craziness. Yeah. It's a it's a temporary solution, or it's excuse me, it's a permanent solution to a temporary situation. Right on, man. You, know? you got it. And it's just your those feelings and emotions and all that stuff will pass. Just don't stay in the storm, mm-hmm. and find people like you and others who are out there helping that will embrace you, so that uh, you don't you don't make that choice. You know, and we really need to do to reach out as often and as frequently as we can. Um, we are going to make a quick announcement for the radio station here on KUHSDenver.com that we are broadcasting live here with Nancy and Rick Iannucci, founders of Horses for Heroes down in New Mexico, listening to this amazing conversation uh, uh, here on KUHS. We're broadcasting in Denver, all across this state, all across this nation, and touching lives on every continent in the world. And it's just an honor and a privilege, and thank you for tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to the council. I want to start talking about the program here uh, just a little bit. I mean, you have uh, uh, this Horses for Heroes, which is www.horsesforheroes.org. That's H-O-R-S-E-S-F-O-R. H E R O E S dot org. <laughs> that was a lot of E O E O. Uh, it's a unique skill setting restructuring program to help veterans use their skills and experiences to apply it to their everyday lives. 
how does your program work? How does horsemanship facilitate their adaptation from military life to reintegration into the civilian sector? Well, horsemanship is leadership, basically, pure and simple. Um, if it, it, in the grand design of things, uh, as in the herd life of a horse, uh, you're leading, you're following, or you're getting out of their way. <laughs> you know, the old militaries are. So, uh, so, so that that is the key uh, to, to that. So, um, we we use the horse in that fashion, and the horse uses us similarly to. Uh, we work with. We work with them, yeah, to to develop that that. That, that inherent sense in each of us that, that drives our leadership. And this is what skill set restructuring is all about, whereas uh, many of the other programs that are nationwide that are trying to uh, uh, dilute or uh, discourage veterans from acknowledging that warrior spirit that was inside them, uh, from my background and, and what Nancy and I have come to know as true, we went the opposite way. We said, tell me what you did in the service. We'll tell you how to rework this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so all our programs, our horsemanship is basically, we call it skill set restructuring, is taking the warrior spirit and the skills that you had, standard operating procedures, whatever it might have been, we show you how to rework that into an icon into the new icon of 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 being a cowboy or a cowgirl you know a rancher so um for instance when we do i'll give you a perfect example when we do uh you've been on a horse before uh and sometimes uh, the horse will be weaving all over the place and as as we used to say they were they're doing the drunken sailor deal uh no disrespect to the navy uh, but but uh, so we we would say we look at what they're doing we say hold on a second do you uh, what did what uh, do you remember uh bounding overwatch in your in in combat patrolling yeah that's where you leave a cover position you go directly to the next position eyes focused on that next site straight to it get down regroup reset again perfect that's what you're going to do now and so we so instead of them taking two months to learn how to do this we can get in an afternoon, we can introduce them to concepts that normally would take people many, many sessions and lessons uh, at a horse arena to do. We can do in short order because we have a way to, to, to tie that in uh, to something they already know how to do inherently. Wow, that's amazing. <clears throat> that, and that's so practical. You know, and then that's so easy to be able to come back through that and, and make yeah. those connections, you know, being able to, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I can do that. Because so often you're like, what am I going to do with these skill sets that I have? I don't know what to do with them. And then if you're hurting. So being able to make those connections and those links is so critical, I think. And And we see, I'm sorry, we see great, great strides, especially when they're working cattle together as a team. Because we have program partner ranches. Once we train here, we get them where they can sit a horse and do very well with that. Uh, If it's the right time of the year and we happen to be working on one of our program partner ranches we'll saddle up we'll move out trailer out to the to one of the ranches and they can see how they work them together and working as a team gives them reconstitutes that uh uh, feeling of being back on an a team or in a squad or in a fire on a marine fire team or something like that so they actually get a chance to to see that this stuff hey this stuff really works and really quick it's not about becoming a cowgirl or a cowboy it's just we are working with the horses to show how to use that military skill set Mm -hmm. so they can take that and apply it to any area of their life well, Nancy, so and, and you speaking about the horses, I, I know that you are like, the, I mean, your horses are your are your babies. You have the beautiful healers, right? The, you've got uh, yeah. Jack, and you have Roper, and you have Hollywood, and you've got Knight, you've got Junior, a.k.a. Houdini, and T4, <laughs> <laughs> which <laughs> I'm interested, that's a great name. But you have the horse is the teacher, and in the Native American traditions, Horse medicine can teach us the lessons of being true to ourselves, no matter what our bridle may be in life. And that the horse reminds us to live presently and attentively with gratitude, with our heart towards all those we share within our life. And Nancy, why are 
horses, such magnificent teachers, and what are some of the benefits veterans gain from working with them? Why are they great teachers? Well, first of all, they live in a Zen moment. They live at peace and they vibrate at that calm level. So that's kind of what Rick was talking about. You know, they are able to co-regulate our systems because they bring us to their level of peacefulness. Does that make sense? Yeah. Easiest way to say it. Um, they're, they're teachers. They call you on your stuff when you're lying. They know when you, <laughs> they know when you leave your body. If I'm, if I'm working horseback and they start, if somebody starts to get frustrated, um, my horse will just, it will shut down. And until that person gets realigned, mind, body, and spirit again. Mm -hmm. So it actually, it teaches them how to work with frustration and that they can work through frustration because what anger is really quick in mm -hmm. people with the diagnosis, right? Of PTS or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it gives them a living opportunity to experience that. And then they see and use the skills. So I say, well, how did you just calm down there? You know, I mean, what did you do to, uh, you get back on track. And I said, well, you know, I, I breathed and I just refocused. I said, okay, I want you to take that into life because you just showed me and my horse you could do that. Now he's ready to move. Ask him to walk on. They walk on together, you know. Um, I think there was a part two to that question. Did I, did yeah. I answer? <laughs> that's part of it. That's part of it. Yeah, no, that was beginning <laughs> with the better. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. No. You're giving the how they can take the tools that they're learning from with the horses, what they're giving, what they're teaching, and how that can be applied into their, their regular lives, into their civilian sector lives. And in a corollary to, you know, I want to continue to uh, with the horse, uh, you offer a unique program, Nancy, called the, in addition to Cowboy Up, called Wisdom Way for Warriors. And it's you and the horse, Jack, you co-facilitate this together. And it's a process of finding that wisdom within. Uh, and it's not just about the horseback riding. It's about your relationship with the horse. Can you explain in greater detail this Wisdom Way uh, session and why it works so well with the veterans that you work with? Of course. Um, Wisdom Way is actually, I interweave it through everything that I do because we're always working with one's individual wisdom, right? And then we're working with uh, four-legged magnificent creatures who are teachers and messengers. So a Wisdom Way session is um, based on my gestalt work. So there's also Wisdom Way that is purely coaching, which includes the education of one's physiology, you know, the stress response, getting to know your triggers, really understanding you can't be at two places at once and, and how to regroup and get to the place where you're using your uh, prefrontal cortex, you know, that thinking, rational mind. Um, so a typical session would look like... Um, let's just say Wisdom Way EGCM, which is Equine Gestalt Coaching, is I will introduce you to my horses. Now, all my horses, not only Jack, are my co-facilitators, so they work with me, and they are coaches themselves. So uh, I'll see who's stepping up to the plate, who wants to work today, and we'll start in the round pen. And as we're talking, as I'm talking with the individual, the individual is bringing me what's up for them right now. It's my job to say, to facilitate what's underneath that. And as a gestaltist, we call it um, the background. And we work together to bring that unfinished business to completion. Mm. So I'm working with a horse and a person. The horse is um, without a halter. They're at free delivery in the round pen. And if I'm missing something, that horse is letting me know something. Mm. <laughs> Especially when I said before that, you know, oh, they are really good lie detectors. Yeah. So if they're able to really work, the person is moving. That really helps with cognitive processing. They're moving. That horse is um, interpreting. They're perceiving it first, who they're working with, interpreting it, and then they're responding. And so it's a really beautiful melding of all three of us to really uncover the wisdom that is within. Mm. 
And um, it's a really beautiful process. And I have several different ways that we do it. And it, it's really directed by when I'm working with an individual. It's very, it's a different session for every person because each person is bringing a different thing to the table. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. That's like, wow. <laughs> The, the horses, the horses are really amazing yeah. because what they want from us, they see our fracturedness mm. and they really work with us to bring us to that place of whole. Mm. So that is when mind, body, spirit are in alignment, yeah. that human spirit is in alignment with, with our mind and our body. Mm. And um, they really are healers in that capacity. And we give them free reign to show us and to let them do their magic. Mm -hmm. And it's so profound. I can work with somebody in one session and they're like, good. We have somebody right now that is in a relationship, thought they would never be in a relationship again. And, um, you know, it's going on two years so it's just beautiful stuff right you know, <laughs> sorry keep on moving that <laughs> Thich Nhat Hanh tells us you enter the path of transformation when you begin to practice the things that you pronounce mm -hmm. and if we can get them talking about these same things once it touches their heart that's where we start seeing that healing come out that transformation come out and it takes a while again on the installment plan but it does come and we do see it and they are the aha moments the aha moments are the fantastic part right so it's true when you have those aha and you recognize it and you see it and you feel it and it's just like you've been liberated you know it's just lift your spirit you feel so much lighter it's like you've been carrying that rucksack and you've been dragging it around and trying to move it with it and carry all this and it's like oh my gosh i'm so much lighter i can feel better you know and it, right exactly all of a sudden, your connections to people are better. You, feel you can have those relationships that you didn't think you could have. And it's just like, you know, uh, you know uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, uh, the, the Buddhist yeah. monk, you know, he, you begin to feel the love that you have inside of you and that you can give freely. And uh, it opens and you have a reverence for life all of a sudden that you didn't have before. And it is a process, but you and but it's there at the end if you take it, if you if you walk it, and it's just what you guys are doing is amazing. I mean, it's absolutely brilliant what you guys are doing. What is it typical? Well, you know, great grace is free, but it's not cheap. Oh no, it's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheap. That's right. It's always available, but it's not cheap. Uh, Rick, what's a typical day like on the ranch there when you when somebody when a vet comes out and they're uh, they arrived for Cowboys Up, uh, the uh, skill set restructuring program. What's a typical day like? Well, it depends on if they've come from out of town. We have a bunkhouse, so there is a residential portion of this. There's a residential program. So providing we've already got them here, uh, we obviously it starts at, at probably right around sunup, uh, depending on the day. Uh, we feed horses. Uh, we have ranch chores that we do here. Uh, in season, we'll have our own yearlings out here and cattle. Uh, we've had three years of a drought, so we haven't really uh, – our, our cattle are out on our program partner ranch on the Navajo Reservation. One of our veterans is running that now for seven years. But in any event, uh, so we'll get up. We do what we call cowboy up yoga. Uh, Nancy leads us in that, or one of our veterans lead us in that. <laughs> I love yoga. And, I love yoga. Uh, yeah, it's and it's absolutely wonderful. We they basically Nancy uh, worked on uh, 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 under Burl Birch Bender's uh, with, with some of her ideas. She wrote a she yoga wrote a, for warriors. Yoga for warriors. She wrote and uh, she made the gift to us. She's been communicating with one of our veterans uh, who who does some of our yoga. He's an army major doing yoga, leads us in yoga also in the morning if Nancy's not available. So um, so we start with that and basically we stretch out. We do, a, everyone uh, has the opportunity to do a small meditation. Somebody might be reading Thomas Merton and come up with something uh, that's pretty profound uh, or uh, something from Black Elk or whatever anybody's reading, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, Richard Rohr, Whatever you know, whatever anybody's reading, and they they feel it impacts their heart. Um, we stop. We start with breathing. We end with breathing, 
uh, to try to get the guys into a whole and gals into a whole different uh, relaxed mindset. Uh, then after that, uh, we've always got a pot of coffee on because that's what we do here. Uh, and and it's, it's, so we hit the coffee mess as soon as we're done, and we do all this either on the porch. Uh, we've got a 12-foot deep porch that goes all the way around the, uh, the building. And if you go into our Cowboy Up blog, which you can access through horsesforheroes.org, you can see some of the photos. Uh, and then after our they, breakfast is on their own, we start coming down. Once they're ready, they'll start coming down. They'll start pulling horses out. They've probably been assigned a horse or uh, they're choosing a horse or the horse is more importantly choosing them. Yeah. Uh, they'll start saddling up, bringing the horse out. Uh, after the first days are done in the round pen, as we said, getting to know each other, getting to know the horse, starting to get into that transcendental state with them. Uh, if, we've, if we've gone beyond that, if we've transcended that, uh, we start moving into saddling, you know. But we, you know, it's all done in slow motion, obviously. Not in slow motion as much as in ceremonial, sacramental, mm-hmm. uh, almost like a a tea ceremony in some respects mm-hmm. the the uh, you know wax on wax off uh rubbing the horse down triaging that animal to make sure that they're ready for you you're ready for them that day they get that deep 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 connection um the horse is calm they're calm saddle up and then we head on up into the arena and we start with um exactly great as we talked about before great horsemanships american horsemanship skills um, and things of that nature. So that's what a typical day at lunchtime will stop. Usually I start preparing the meal the night before. We'll have it up. up uh, I'll break down. I'll turn my horse over to one of our crew. They'll t- uh, tie the horse up, and then they'll start breaking the horses down. So by lunchtime, lunch is ready. They'll come up, clean up. We'll sit down. We'll eat a meal together. We'll fellowship together. We'll talk together. We'll enjoy each other's company. Um uh, and then after that, it's a little bit of a relaxation period. We have a chapel, a beautiful little small chapel. We have a reflection pond on the property, uh, places to walk. Uh, we, have la- we have a walking labyrinth, a letting go trail that Nancy built. Um, you know, uh, so there's plenty of places to go, relax, or you can sit on the porch rock and have a smoke, or s- sit by the pond and 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 uh, have a chew. Some of the guys still are dipping and whatnot. <laughs> uh, you know, we're alcohol and drug free here because some of our guys have, you know, have really struggled and have come out of the Star program and the addiction program. So we honor their struggle and their journey by we don't need, uh, you know, we don't bust out a beer and that type of stuff, uh, but we're not frumpy either. Uh, and then uh, after that, usually Nancy will start, we'll start with some of the creative classes or the brain science classes, nutrition, and we go right down the line starting to provide real, you know, uh, one of our veterans said, you guys give us a Leatherman tool uh, of things that we can use uh, that, that are that we can take home with us. You know, a lot of programs, once they're out, that's it, it's over. But we give them these multi-tools as we go, start going through our repertoire between Nancy's brain science stuff and all the things that, and the neurosculpting and all the stuff that she does. And then um, if, then there's a time in there, there's a break in there if they want to, um, if they want to talk, uh you know, if they want to go into the chapel by themselves or they want one of us to talk with them, Nancy will provide some additional life coaching uh, or set themselves up with some future future programs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can do pastoral counseling, and hopefully it's not pastoral crisis intervention. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we but we work on guys that are, that are hitting, you know, guys and gals that if they've hit a rough patch, this yeah. is the time to get up off it and give it up. Well, how does someone apply, uh, Nancy? Is everyone who served eligible for your programs? Uh, how can people get in touch with you, the veterans that are out there? I know they're out there. I know they're watching. How can they uh, locate you guys and apply for your program? They go right onto our web- website. Uh, we have an offerings tab where it describes what we have. And then uh, under frequently asked questions, we have our um, – it's a apply frequently asked questions that has information and that's where you um, apply for those programs fantastic so oh, yeah yeah go to www.horsesforheroes.org 
That's horsesforheroes.org. And, uh, you know, let's uh, let's get you out there as quickly as possible. These people, Nancy and Rick, are amazing. I mean, just listening Aww, to them. Oh, thank it's you. Just like, I can't, uh, you know, speak uh, highly uh, enough about what you guys do. Uh, it moves me. I don't even sometimes, I'm not even speaking the words right right now. But uh, that's how much I'm touched by what you guys do. Uh, well, thank I you. I can't believe how close we are to the end of the show. I mean, it's like, how does this happen? Uh, I don't know. I don't know why this, how quickly this happens. I do want to get to a, t two more quick questions. Um, you have a story on there that I think, if you're, with your permission, I'd like to read. It's called The Creation. Sure. It's called The Creation, a Sioux Indian Story. The creator gathered all of creation and said, I want to hide something from the humans until they are ready for it. It is the realization that they create their own reality. The eagle said, give it to me. I will take it to the moon. The creator said, no, one day they will go there and find it. The salmon said, I will bury it on the bottom of the ocean. No, they will go there too. The buffalo said, I will bury it on the Great Plains. The, cre the Creator said, They will cut into the skin of the earth and find it even there. Grandmother Mole, who lives in the breast of Mother Earth and who has no physical eyes but sees with spiritual eyes, said, Put it inside of them. And the Creator said, It is done. <laughs> Rick, Nancy, how important is faith in someone or something larger than ourselves? Whether it's God, creator, source, uh, whether whatever faith you come from, whether it's Catholic, uh, Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, uh, Native American. How does that help us to heal our deep soul wounds and restore us back to wholeness? What about and, and also what about those who don't believe? How can we get them to join the circle of wellness and, and healthy living? We all have a human spirit, right? Yeah. So spiritual can be defined as that human spirit. And that's something that we're innately born with and we had. And that is what a veteran knows. I'm missing that after my experience at war. So it's our job to work with the horses to facilitate that connection again because there's a memory of that mm -hmm. so it's about t touching into that for those who may not believe in a religious nature but we all can believe in a spiritual human nature because that is at the core of what we are at a minimum charlie even if they're looking if they come out here they've lost their way or they've forsaken you know uh they're own spiritual boundaries um, or their traditions at a minimum the the awe of the beauty of nature that surrounds them is certainly conducive to contemplation and that's the seed that starts everything going back again that and as we said before gratitude that nature um, starts people down that road. So no matter what their tradition is, and we've had uh, we've had Buddhist monks out here, we've had Jewish rabbis out here. Uh, there, there's there is all a consistent theme that that comes through them as we start doing things. One thing that all traditions have, and if you allow me, I'll read it at the end. Of, we'll close with a blessing. One thing that all traditions have, every single tradition, Native American, even pagans have it, is the tradition of a blessing. Yeah. And, and when we allow ourselves to, to bless ourselves, bless others, and have others bless us, that is the, that is the formational structure of, of how, we can, how we can form up our faith and basically uh, redeem our human, humanism, human humanness yeah or humanness and recognizing on an even deeper level that all life breathes together all life yes. breathes together we all breathe together and if you can't get to that just understand that and that'll give you the profundity of the you know the miraculousness of life and i think for veterans and others who have suffered in any kind of way to to really grasp that sit with that for a little bit 
it could really, really make a huge shift in your life. Um, As my guys would say, Roger that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I, uh, I would like to uh, just really one last time thank KUHSDenver.com uh, for offering and providing this platform for the council to broadcast out to the world and to share your work and to uh, just to try to make a difference in this world, to bring some hope, some inspiration, uh, comfort and wisdom, and, uh, you know, just to enlighten uh, people of the miracles that people are doing everywhere on this planet and that there's a lot more, we have a lot more in common than we do differences. Uh, I would love for you to offer the blessings. I always ask my guests before we close the show, uh, if you could give one bit of advice, one bit of wisdom from your life experience, uh, what would it be, Nancy and Rick? And if Nancy, if we could go with you first and then finish off with Rick and his blessing, and then we'll close the show. Um, my one piece of advice is not to believe that you are broken because that's what a label will have you believe. And you need to find the people who support that and that understanding of that human experience and believe in your power to heal. Because we have witnessed healing from some um, pretty nasty labels, <laughs> disorders, mm -hmm. and it is possible. And so believe in yourself. Yes. And I would, I, would, I would add to what Nancy beautifully said, but I would also say that understand that it's scripturally sound and in other ways to understand and know that the kingdom really is within you. That's right. Don't look outside there. Isn't that what Jesus said? Don't look outside there. Don't look over there. It, it, the kingdom of God is within you. I think it's in Luke. Luke uh, 17, 21 or something like that. Yep. yep. Rick, if you could give our blessing before we close the show. You bet. The free grace God gives us is the fuel that powers the light that pushes out the darkness of paralyzing fear and gives us another gift and he calls it courage. Mm -hmm. So today we pray to be surrounded by that light and let it guide us and everyone around us and fill us with that courage, a courage that leaps beyond heroics and allows us to simply do what is ours to be done next in our lives and starting today. We pray for his courage, his wisdom, his goodness and grace. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Nancy, so much for being on the show with me here on the council today. Uh, we will be back in two weeks, folks, uh, for another great show. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the council. Um, may you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. May you all be whole. Uh, the council yes. is adjourned. God bless you, everyone. See you in two weeks. Thank you, folks, on the international camera. Again, we will be back uh, in two weeks, uh, and please come back. We're going to have another great show for you. It's an honor and a privilege to be here with all of you. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you.